0: Just a content warning on this episode, it will cover body image and the media's coverage of someone's weight and may be confronting for some listeners.
1: Victoria and David Beckham were British royalty. With her career as a pop icon, his career as a soccer star and tabloids calling their mansion Beckingham Palace, surely nothing could go wrong. Enter David's assistant, Rebecca Luz. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited.
0: We are back, Zara McDonald. Part two of three. Part two of three. We have so, so much to cover. What did we talk about in last week's episode? Yeah. So in the last episode, we basically tracked both the
1: rise of Posh and Bex and how they came together and how they got married. One thing that I learned, I think from that episode is Victoria Beckham was much bigger Mm. than David, or I should say Victoria Adams was much bigger than David when they met. She was the superstar. He was kind of an up and coming superstar, definitely destined for something quite great. But there was an interesting power dynamic at play, right?
0: Yeah, I think an interesting interpersonal dynamic as well in that David was not this gregarious, boisterous person you'd probably expect him to be. He was incredibly shy, incredibly reserved, and almost blew it with Victoria because he really couldn't, I guess whip up the courage to actually be really forthright with her and tell her that he liked her.
1: Yeah, we also learned that just before they got married, a couple of months before they got married, there were some cheating rumours that emerged that David had cheated on Victoria. We only properly learned of their impact in Victoria's 2001 autobiography and she said she was really, really rattled by these cheating rumours, but they patched things up, they got married And now things are about to unravel a little bit more. Things
0: are about to unravel. We are rewinding to June 2003. And Zara, we have someone to introduce to the listeners. Yeah, David Beckham has just
1: signed the biggest deal of his career and everything's about to go haywire. All right, Mish, it is June 2003. I'm nervous. (laughs) After many, many years playing for Manchester United, David moves to Spain, actually. Mm. He's got a contract with Real Madrid and it's a deal worth apparently £35 million. Now... Just to put that in context, it isn't (laughs) £35 million per year. It is about £6 million per year, but that is still about $11 million per year, not including sponsorship money. So I think it is fair to say... He was doing quite
0: well for himself. He was doing very, very well for himself. But that does not mean that his life was going to be smooth sailing. So he signs in June 2003, moves across. And around this time, his management firm, SFX, assign him a new assistant. Her name is Rebecca Luz. She is the daughter of a Dutch diplomat and an English mother. She's been living in Spain for a while. So she can kind of show David the ropes and show him the ropes she did. Yeah.
1: So by September 2003, only a few months after David had been living in Spain, we heard the first whisperings that something might be going on between David and Rebecca. And the reason we had these kind of whispers and rumours is largely because some photos were published of the two of them out sitting very close together and chatting at a nightclub together. Mm. And so people started wondering if the Beckham marriage was in trouble.
0: Yeah. So these photos were hitting papers and they were so, I mean, I don't want to overstate it. They're intimate. They're very, very friendly without being damning, I guess I would say.
1: Yeah. And it's the kind of thing where you're like, okay, nothing's happening, but if that was my partner and I'm monogamous with that partner, how would I realistically feel about that?
0: Yeah. It kind of reminds me of where there's a tiny bit of smoke, you might think that there's fire. It's one of those kind of photos, one of those kinds of stories. It did actually prompt David Beckham to come out and say that his marriage was totally intact and things were fine and people were reading into nothing. Yeah,
1: exactly. But unfortunately for David Beckham, the year later in April 2004, the now defunct and very notorious British tabloid News of the World published a pretty shocking five-page article alleging that David and Rebecca had a four month long affair. Now, What is so interesting about this story is the journalist who wrote the story, Neville Thurlbeck, actually wrote a book about his career, and it's called Tabloid Secrets, The Stories Behind the Headlines. Now, in this book, he went into very great detail of how this story broke. And my
0: goodness, (laughs) it's a little bit like a spy operation. It is so interesting. I love so, so much that we can actually track this entire story, not just how it played out in the media, but how it played out behind the scenes, because there's so much content on it. So Neville Thurlbeck wrote in that book, Tabloid Secrets, that one night in March, his editor called him and asked him to drop everything on his plate because the biggest story of the year was about to drop.
1: Yeah. So he got this phone call in March and he said, drop everything, come to the office. It was an evening and he would be briefed on a new story. In the meantime, he was told he wasn't to speak to anyone in the office. It was very much like, trust no one, don't tell anyone. (laughs) When Neville arrived, his boss explained to him that David Beckham had just ended an affair with his personal assistant, Rebecca Luz, and that Rebecca had been fired by the family after Victoria became suspicious and had been approached by publicity agent Max Clifford. So she'd been the assistant, she's got fired, and she's suddenly gone. I'm going to find myself a publicity agent probably because I'm ready to tell this story.
0: Sounds a little bit like retribution. So Rebecca was willing to tell her story to News of the World and show them proof. She was willing to put up hundreds of text messages that she and David had exchanged in the time she says they were together. She was asking for the price of £100,000 and the paper was more than happy to meet her request. I mean, I know this was almost 20 years ago, but £100,000 seems a little cheap for me. This is one of the biggest celebrities in the country. I thought it would have been a little bit more than that.
1: No, that, I mean, there's still <laughs> so much money. So much money just to tell a story. I mean, this was just for the first story, right? Rebecca's publicist Max Clifford told the Guardian that the paper actually ended up paying her 350,000 pounds in total, so about 700,000 Australian dollars. That's more like it. <laughs> for the interview and all the raunchy texts that she later gave the paper. So this was like a layered deal where it was like the more detail and the more proof you give us, the more money you make. So Neville Thurlbeck, the journalist, says he flew to Madrid straight away to meet with Rebecca Luz. And he said in this book... The story felt so huge that when he checked into his hotel, he booked three different suites <laughs> under a false name to prevent any rival reporters from finding him and catching wind of the story.
0: So crazy. Rebecca apparently showed Neville all the explicit messages and sex she claims. That she received from David But they all came from a series of different numbers, right? We know that celebrities change their numbers frequently Because they don't want their personal details leaked Especially the cheating ones Especially the ones who perhaps stray from their marriages Now, Neville did remark that Beckham changed his number Like other men changed their socks For two weeks, he hid out with Rebecca Trying to catch David in an act of cheating They were trying to prompt David to text Rebecca From his most recent number But David never did. He never kind of fell into their mousetrap. Two
1: weeks is a long time waiting for a text message, isn't it? With basically a stranger as well. So eventually what they did is they taped Rebecca calling David and Neville says that when she rang him, the line was quiet and then suddenly whoever was on the other end burst into what Neville describes as boyish giggles. Bizarre. Super bizarre. (laughs) Now, Neville did say they almost dropped the story. That was until he and Rebecca discovered a piece of paper amongst her possessions. Now, at the top of this piece of paper was the company details of Beckham's management. Company. At the bottom of the page, written in David's handwriting, they're literally going to the lengths to like cross-check handwriting here, <laughs> was his name followed by a phone number. Now that phone number had texted raunchy messages to not only Rebecca. But another woman News of the World was in contact with who also claimed she had an affair with David.
0: Yeah, a smoking gun. Now, just before this story was due to hit the papers, hours before it was due to hit the papers, the loyal publicist for the Beckhams, Caroline Mcateer, received two calls to her mobile phone. Both calls were from the editors of major newspapers who wanted her comment on the story they had just seen was about to be printed in Sunday's edition of News of the World. The Guardian wrote about this and said, Mickiteer listened as the story was read down the phone. For once, one of the best connected PRs of the London show business scene was out of the loop. Then she had the unhappy duty of phoning Beckham. (sighs)
1: Imagine that phone call. The five-page story hit the paper that Sunday morning and it claimed that David and I quote took his beautiful personal assistant Rebecca Luz to bed just 90 minutes after this picture of the two of them together was taken at a club. The lonely England soccer ace turned to the 26-year-old privately educated daughter of a Dutch diplomat for comfort after feeling abandoned by wife posh in their troubled long-distance marriage. Now, this is something that we will see very consistently through this story as David cheats on Victoria while they're doing a semi sort of long-distance relationship Mm. is the framing of their marriage is very much like Poor Lonely David, Victoria has abandoned him. Of course he was going to turn to other women when his wife wasn't around, even though he was the one that moved all the way to Spain
0: to play soccer. He made the decision to leave. So bizarre that you can try and argue that Victoria abandoned him when she is literally in their family home in the UK. She hasn't abandoned anyone. He decided to move and take a job elsewhere. It is literally this idea that David Beckham is this golden boy, like this adorable golden retriever who just is sometimes silly and doesn't know better, and he's got this ice queen wife who forced him to fall into bed with his assistant. Yeah, and I think the other element to this is is that Victoria
1: is sitting at home with the kids. Like, Victoria is looking after these children. And it speaks very much to how much we value men's jobs over women's. Like, not only did Victoria have a huge career of her own, she had to look after two children. And yet we are seeing this narrative of her abandoning him, even though she has all of these things as well. It, It just very much speaks to why we only value a male career. Now... The article that was published on this Sunday morning also wrote about, and I quote, the stream of graphic text messages telling her what he wanted to do to her in bed. This is where it gets pretty graphic and, dare I say, a bit grubby.
0: Yeah, one of my favourite details about this story and the way it was curated is that News of the World didn't name Rebecca Luz as their source. (laughs) So this entire piece was written from the perspective of an unnamed close source to Rebecca, which is a very interesting way to go about things. In fact, the article even stated when we confronted Rebecca, who speaks perfect English about her relationship, she said, I'm afraid I have no comment for you. Please leave me alone. Now, as I said, everything was attributed to a close family friend who Rebecca confided in about her astonishing secret. Very, very interesting lie because I don't know how close a family friend would have to be to receive the hundreds of raunchy, graphic, explicit text messages between you and the married man you're sleeping with. Like, is that a lie the public's going to buy? Yeah,
1: well, I don't know when you read lines like this, right? Because the level of detail here was pretty insane. This was a line from the piece. She said David's stamina was extraordinary. She could feel his energy pulsating through her as he made love to her on the bed. There was another quote that said, David was a sensational lover. Their sex was highly charged, explosive. They made love for hours. Can you imagine... telling someone else that level of detail about your own sex life and then them repeating it to somebody else. That just simply does not happen.
0: Also, can we ban the word explosive when talking about sex? It's just not something I want to read about. By lunchtime, the Sunday that the article came out, David Beckham had already issued a statement describing the story as ludicrous. Technically, he didn't outright deny anything, but he did say this. During the past few months, I've become accustomed to reading more and more ludicrous stories about my private life. What appeared this morning is just one further example. The simple truth is that I am happily married, have a wonderful wife and two very special kids. But I am not saying whether or not I had this affair. The Daily Mail published a
1: follow-up article interviewing Rebecca's brother, John Charles, who said that what was being written about in the tabloids was true. I mean, we know it was true because Rebecca was the one speaking to the tabloids, but the world didn't know that yet. In this piece, he said, she has confirmed to me she had an affair with David. Rebecca was upset when she parted company with David and Victoria last year. She became very down and cried a lot. At times she looked heartbroken. I thought it was because of more professional reasons, but now I am beginning to understand there must have been more to it.
0: Yeah. And look, as much as we can giggle at this story, You can understand on some levels how a junior employee of a very powerful sports star could become aggrieved that her professional career has been paused or taken down a few rungs because she chose to enter a sexual relationship with him. Like It does scream to this power dynamic where men can kind of, or historically men could, sleep with junior staff members, assistants, whatever, and their careers wouldn't be tarnished, but the women involved would be.
1: I totally agree with that. There is a power dynamic at play here, but it would be foolish of us to call her completely young. She was 26 Mm. when this happened. And also she made some decisions in the wake of this affair that affected a whole lot of people. Oh
0: yeah. Not defending the way she handled it. What I can say is that I do understand where maybe some of the upset and anger came from. She did not handle that upset and anger and channel it in a positive way whatsoever. Now, her brother did say to the news of the world that his heartbroken sister would now be seen as a marriage wrecker, adding, she knows her life will never be the same after this. Now, that's very interesting because we do know that she's the one who cultivated the entire thing. She knew that her life wouldn't be the same because she was the one who put herself in the spotlight.
1: Yeah, she broke this story. Like if she didn't want to share this story, no one was going to force Mm. her to. Now, the Daily Mail also reported on what was supposedly going on behind the scenes in the Beckham family around this time. So apparently within hours of the allegations surfacing, a, quote, devastated Victoria flew out of the UK with their two sons to Switzerland on this pre-planned family holiday. Her parents, sister and David's mum were all coming on this trip.
0: Imagine going on a holiday with your partner's mother, your mother-in-law, just hours after it's been alleged that your husband has cheated on you. You'd hope that the mother-in-law is very
1: much in your corner, right? Being like, my son is an absolute idiot. (laughs) David apparently made the decision to fly out of Madrid to join his wife and family in Switzerland after the story was printed. So they put on this big sort of happy united front. One of her close friends was quoted in the Daily Mail. Now, it was an unnamed close friend, but apparently a close friend at that saying she was absolutely devastated. And while the tone of the alleged sexy text messages she said was just not David, she also said, and this is a really interesting quote, Victoria is very astute. She knows how newspapers work and the fact that they were certain enough to run the story worries her. Mm. This is probably one of my favourite quotes from this episode and I know it sounds a bit random for me to pick this out, but I appreciate the image that either someone in Victoria's camp is trying to sell a Victoria being like, she is not an idiot here. Mm. I think one of the narratives that the media has been trying to sell a Victoria Beckham for a long time is that she is sort of a bit of a doormat, but she knows she's absolutely smart enough to know that she can't just turn her back to this. Like she does have to approach it head on.
0: Yeah. I think as well, there's always another dimension to these kind of scandal stories that yes, some people are outraged and some people are disappointed and lots of people are talking about it. There's always this added layer though, of like becoming a joke, like you and your husband or your relationship has this joke element to it now, which would be very difficult to deal with as well. According to The Guardian, there was almost this national guessing game of trying to figure out exactly what David had written to Rebecca Loose because some of the explicit words were censored out. So they were just appearing as asterisks or stars in the newspaper. And there was this national desire to figure out exactly what David was texting her. And I think as David's wife, that would be very difficult for Victoria to deal with as well, that you're not just being kind of dragged through the press, you're being mocked at the same time.
1: Yeah, and it's a hard one because as much as you can say, God, that would be really tough for Victoria, on the other hand, it's very human to read Mm. these messages. As someone who is invested in the story, as someone perhaps who is interested in the Beckhams in Britain... Of course you're going to be wanting to play that guessing game. It's a puzzle. It is. a puzzle
0: and everyone's trying to figure out what
1: the four-letter words are. It's a juicy puzzle. Now, journalists swarmed this family vacation, as I'm sure you can imagine. The Beckhams very quickly as well went into damage control – by Monday morning, only a day after this article was published, celebrity photographer Jason Fraser snapped pictures of the Beckhams strolling hand in hand and frolicking in the snow. He sold those to London newspapers for about £20,000. Per deal, wow! Right, so he would have sold them to a few different newspapers, but the photos were accused of being a stage-managed PR stunt. I mean, obviously. Mm,
0: so the Saturday night, so not even a week since the articles came out, Victoria Beckham went on a late-night talk show. She went on Ant and Dec's Saturday Night Takeaway where she made it sound like her and David were better than ever. She said, we're not planning on making any babies at the moment. We're what they call practicing at the moment, which is really good fun. Such an interesting decision. (laughs) That has got to be one of the most mum and dad-esque quotes. It's It's so chuggy. It's so (laughs) chuggy
1: and so yuck and just something that all couples, older couples, I'm so sorry, I don't want to be ageist here,
0: (laughs) think is funny. (laughs) It's not funny. Don't tell us about practising to make babies. I don't
1: want to know that.
0: I mean... Goddamn. Imagine having... God. Sorry. I mean, goddamn.
1: <laughs> Imagine having reports of your husband cheating on you. Probably not once, but more than once now as we go back into his history. Mm. And you're the one that six days later has to front a national talk show to sell Britain on the state of your marriage. Nope. Like, oh my God, I would be like, I am not doing that work for you. No.
0: Not Absolutely at all. Absolutely not. Meanwhile, in London, members of Beckham's team were trying to attack Rebecca's credibility and reinforce the image of Beckham as his devoted husband and family man. As one show business reporter told The Guardian at the time, "...the strategy is to destroy Rebecca Luz, turning her from respectable diplomat's daughter to sleazy senorita overnight." Beckham's people told me about her lesbian affairs and pointed me in the right direction. They gave me a number for an ex-colleague at SFX who would trash her. And this is another part of the
1: story that's hard to read because, like, as predictable as it is, and as sad as it is that that was predictable, it's just such a tired narrative that we trash the reputation and slut shame the woman at the centre of these stories. Now, some actually did worry that the campaign against Rebecca backfired. The Guardian did write... The portrayal of her as an irresistible sex siren made the notion of Beckham's fall all the more believable, which Mm. is a really interesting insight. And Rebecca Luz didn't stop giving interviews there. She was about to give another huge interview on TV this time just a couple of weeks later. But now it's time for a word from today's sponsor.
0: All right, Zara, you told us before the break that Rebecca Luz was about to give a massive televised interview. This actually took place two weeks after Victoria Beckham's interview. So on the 16th of April, 2004, Rebecca did her first tell-all interview with Sky TV, for which she was paid a handsome sum of £150,000, according to her publicist. I hope she invested all of this money wisely. It was a big payday. Huge couple of weeks
1: for Rebecca Lose Beckham's team were working to crush the story before it went live. So David's lawyer reportedly wrote to Sky in a last-ditch effort to try and block the broadcast from being able to air the really explosive interview. Now, they allege that the interview breached a confidentiality agreement signed by Rebecca when she worked for Beckham's management agency, SFX. I mean, if she breached a confidentiality agreement. She'd already done
0: that weeks before. (laughs) I think the most important confidentiality agreement had gone out the window. Yeah, exactly.
1: The interview, of course, went ahead anyway and brought near record ratings to the Sky TV channel. And Rebecca basically told the full story of how she claims the affair
0: unfolded. Yeah, she said that she first met David at a private airport on the 1st of July, 2003. At first, she said she felt zilch for him. (sighs) Brutal. She went on, I mean, he's not my type of guy. I never go for looks or image type people. So it took a while before that attraction built. Rebecca went on to say that David was missing his family, who are still largely living in the UK, and that he was lonely.
1: Yeah, Rebecca also said that there was an obvious attraction between her and David. She said, we spent a lot of time together. We just bonded. We think the same way, made the same jokes, had some kind of connection. It was on that 18th of September evening in 2003, that first evening where rumours really started to sort of hit the media about their relationship, that their relationship allegedly did turn from professional to something else. So it's that exactly as we said before, you look at these images and you think, okay, well, nothing's happening, but something could be happening. Mm. And it turns out with hindsight something was definitely happening.
0: Yeah, so she did explain on Sky TV that they'd been out with a group of people for dinner and drinks and they really hit it off and that was noticed by the group of people that they were with. She claimed that they finished dinner late that night and decided to go on to a club. Yeah, at that
1: club, Beckham suggested that they should all go back to the hotel for drinks. And this was about 2.30 in the morning. But then she said he turned to her and said, why don't we just lose the rest and go back together?
0: She claims, Rebecca Lou claims that she laughed off that suggestion, but later said, it dawned on me what he had asked me and I decided I did want to go back with him. So we gave each other a look and paid the bill and left. She says they got in a car with two other members of the group and once dropping them off, started, and I quote, kissing quite passionately all the way back to the hotel. It was like magnets, pretty amazing. I think the detail that the British public have
1: never been able to forget about this story is when Rebecca Luz told Sky News TV that the morning after he fed her fresh strawberries in bed. I think it's just like tiny details, like tiny niche details like this that are actually perfect for a story for Sky News and Mm. Rebecca Lou's because this is what the public just doesn't forget. It's not the grubby stuff.
0: It's like the
1: strange sort of fresh
0: strawberry being fed stuff. Yeah, it's like kind of... Cute, which is very discombobulating when you should not be cute with another woman who is not your wife. From there, Rebecca claimed that they texted each other 30 times a day, which we've got to remember, this was in the early 2000s. These text messages were costing money, text messages were not as frequent. I don't think we can compare that to today's terms, but she did say they had text sex around twice a week. One time she was visiting a museum with her parents and she said she had to go up to the toilets and finish the text sex there. (laughs) Why? I'm so resentful that that's even in our notes, but... Yeah, interesting. I, th- I think it's important for us
1: to say, not because we want to kind of go to the same sort of gutter that a lot of these tabloids went, but this story, I think it's important to illustrate, was really, really tabloidy. Really tabloidy. And the level of detail that Rebecca Luz was willing to go absolutely trashed the reputation of David and Victoria. Like the stuff that we suddenly knew about his sex life just felt like such an invasion, didn't it? Now, what is also
0: really interesting about this is according to Rebecca, they had sex less than six times. That is mind-blowing to me. Reading some of these quotes, reading how often and like how saucy they were with each other, you would think that they were having sex all over the place, all the time, couldn't keep it in their pants. Less than six times. So what, maximum five? Like That's nothing. It's really not a very long affair and I'm not condoning affairs at all. But I always thought before we looked back into this story that this was a sustained long-term affair that he had with Rebecca Luz. It was fleeting and brief.
1: Well, it depends which way you look at it and it depends what you classify as an affair, right? But I would argue that less than six times hints far more to lack of opportunity than anything else. That it was much easier for them to have, as they keep calling text Text sex, sex, which is the most 2004 term ever, than it was (laughs) for them to have actual sex. Mm. And I think they were clearly trying to keep this on the down low. So how many times would they find themselves, you know, being able to break away from prying eyes in order to do this? That's all I think. But it was a sustained affair. We know that. Was your university degree worth it. Um, (laughs) Probably not. Rebecca also wanted to make clear that her affair with David wasn't the cause of the problems in David and Victoria's relationship. She said, I think the problems were in their marriage long before I came into the picture. I in no way intended to break up their marriage, especially when there are young children involved. I hope they stay
0: together. Oh my God. That quote is so annoying. I hope they stay together while I cash in £150,000 and talk about their marriage on live television. Yeah, well, that quote doesn't even touch the sides of this one. She also said she didn't expect any
1: sympathy from Victoria, acknowledging that it is bad enough for me to do what I have done. Rebecca! The worst thing you actually have done <laughs> is, is...
0: Get on this is, television do this, interview!
1: ...is do this interview. Like, yes, the affair <laughs> wasn't a great decision, but, like, the worst thing you can possibly do is speak publicly about it.
0: Rebecca needed a girlfriend in this moment to grab her by the shoulders and go, honey, stop. Like you made the mistake. That's fine. You've done your little newspaper interview. You have cashed out and made big money from this. Must you lay every punch into Victoria's stomach? Like, can you just step back maybe and leave these people be now?
1: But I, not to be a bit of a cynic, but like, I don't think she cared. I don't think you could care and do this. I really don't think you could. I don't believe that she hopes they stay together, I don't really believe that she thinks it's bad enough for me to do what I've done. Like, I don't think you can possibly care and make the decisions that she's made. Well, it's not like she's apologising
0: either. None of these quotes, and particularly that original newspaper article, never included an apology to the family, probably because she wasn't very sorry. Once again, Victoria and David denied all of the claims. They called the allegations from Rebecca ludicrous again. Victoria also told the Sun tabloid, we have been through a lot worse than this and we're definitely going to get through this.
1: Does that make, Very
0: strong. Does that make you wonder what the hell could possibly be worse than this? Yeah, it's like, what do you mean we've been through a lot worse <laughs> than this? What could possibly be a lot worse? Yeah, there is not much. The public
1: narrative about women in this story, I think, is a really important point for us to touch on. Because while David mostly got off scot-free, surprise, surprise, golden boy, The people who seemed to cop it most in this story were Rebecca and Victoria. News of the world's rival paper, The Sun, as we said, described Rebecca Luz as a sleazy senorita. They also released a series of stories attacking her character, alleging affairs with three tennis players. They wrote disparagingly about her bisexual relations, which we should note is 2004, and was definitely used as a weapon then to portray certain women as hypersexual. I mean, we saw Mm -hmm. it with Angelina Jolie when we spoke about her.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting to look back at these decades, like the 1990s and 2000s in particular. I think I've been taken aback in almost every Scandal series how regressive we were when it came to LGBTIQ plus issues and stories. And bisexuality has come up again and again and again. And she was really. Rebecca Luz was really depicted as a harlot because she also enjoys sleeping and having relationships with women. She did touch on some of this coverage that she was receiving in the Sky News interview where she said, people are calling me a liar and calling me names. She said she was prepared to go to court to defend her claims as well. She said, this is what happened. This is the truth. I should not be ashamed of this. I am 100% sure of what I am talking about. There is no doubt in my mind. I have no reason to lie. Why would I?
1: Yeah. So that was the coverage that Rebecca got. And as we touched on before, the coverage that Victoria got was very much like, okay, well, why did David do this? What did you do? What decisions did you make as a wife that led David to make the decisions that he made? And it very much centered on this idea that she had abandoned him, which is a really, really disappointing narrative. Perhaps what's an even more disappointing narrative is what happened around the discussions at this time with Victoria's weight.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, as we see in so many of these stories, it's the women in the stories who even put this gross narrative onto each other. It's not just men doing this. Women do this to each other tenfold. One of the worst things Rebecca Luz did when she made this affair with David Beckham Public is that... She gave such gross commentary on Victoria Beckham's body. I don't want to give the direct quotes that she gave to tabloids because I don't actually want to repeat that or give oxygen to that 15, 16 years later. I do want people to trust us, though, that the way she spoke about Victoria Beckham's weight was incredibly misogynistic.
1: Yeah, it was disgusting. And what it did is it fed what was already quite a big story in the UK. Like it fed a beast that was already existing because the British tabloids were always fixated on Victoria Beckham's weight. Mm. Back in 1999, the Daily Mail had run a series of articles that accused Victoria of being anorexic. They called her skeletal spice and an anorexic scrawny chicken. Now, Mm. those quotes are confronting and that is why we gave the trigger warning at the start of the episode. But I think we thought it was really important to include because this was how... media spoke of Victoria at the time and Mm. Rebecca Luz knew that and she fed that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As well, Victoria's body was so tightly policed whenever she was pregnant or had given birth. There was a lot of commentary around how she looked while she was pregnant, how her body looked immediately after. There was a Guardian piece in 1999 titled Victoria Beckham, a model figure. The stand first read, Real lives. She's been dubbed skeletal spice, but Victoria Beckham insists she's not too thin. So is she actually underweight? And if she is, is it any of our business? A Guardian journalist investigates. Like this was not just the grubby tabloids saying this stuff. The highbrow newspapers were contributing to this as well. They were just trying to do it in, what I will now say it was a very transparent way. They were trying to say, mm, let's investigate this. And is it our business? And should we be talking about it while talking about it anyway? They clearly just wanted the clicks. They wanted to sell newspapers. They just knew they couldn't sell it in such a grubby way that the tabloids did but they were contributing to the exact same culture that they were purporting to despise.
1: Yeah, exactly. It feels incredibly transparent. It's like you can't pretend to wonder if it's any of our business when you are actually making it your business by writing an entire article about the state of a woman's body. Like Mm. that's just so fucked up. The media has continued to reference that wafer thin description of Victoria's body over the years and continuously written about her weight. And while We might actually be jumping ahead of our own timeline here, Mish. This commentary on Victoria's body didn't relent for more than a decade. I mean, there was this disgusting headline in a piece in 2007 written by the Daily Mail that I actually will not read aloud because I think it is too terrible. But it basically speculated about the size of Victoria's waist Mm. and sort of compared it to other items that could be a similar size. Yes. And it was just the most rough way to read about someone considering a woman's body.
0: Yeah, I think as well there was this narrative around Victoria Beckham and her quote-unquote sexless marriage with David Beckham that pushed him to go cheat on her that she was so skinny he couldn't possibly find her attractive and she wasn't womanly. That was very much a thread running through this story, that Victoria Beckham was thin, therefore she was the equivalent of a young boy. Like those parallels were drawn in multiple articles. And that is just like a whole other level of disgusting media behaviour to argue that if you are a certain weight, men can't find you attractive anymore, you're not even a woman anymore.
1: Yeah, I think that and then I think there was a thread of stability here. Mm. Like there was a thread of is there something wrong with Victoria and it kind of feels like there isn't, therefore maybe it makes sense that David would stray. Like there was a a whole bunch of subliminal messages here that the whole world was fed about Victoria and Victoria kind of became like a victim again in a story where she's already being... Being shut on by everyone. Yeah, it's, it really, really sucks. Like, it really sucks. And I think we wanted to include that not just because we think it absolutely fed the stories being printed about David cheating, but also to just say that this hasn't been... The cheating wasn't just the only horrendous press that Victoria had to endure over the years.
0: No, and even till today, this hasn't relented, which says a lot about the state of the media, particularly in the UK as well. Now... Zara, I would love to say that Rebecca Luz was the final cheating scandal that the Beckhams would have to live through. With her, they weathered quite the storm, but unfortunately, the storm would still be rumbling for the couple.
1: Yeah, this is actually just the beginning just the
0: tip of the iceberg
1: really just the tip of the iceberg more rumors more women are just about to come to the table but that is all
0: in our next episode of scandal guys thank you for listening this has been a rollicking ride Thank you, as always, to our magnificent researcher, Justine Landers-Hanley. You are such a gem. If you want to have a look back at our nostalgic albums about this story, head to at shamelesspodcast on Instagram. We are also on TikTok where you can see some clips from these episodes. Follow us on TikTok at shameless underscore podcast. Yeah, we will be back in your ears on
1: Thursday for a wrap in the week that was in pop culture. Bye, guys. Bye.
0: Oh, hi, it's Annabelle Lee and Louie Hansen here. We are your hosts of Everybody Has a Secret. Woo! Woo. We are here essentially just to let you know that we drop episodes every week. Now, every damn Friday morning, we are in your ears. That is so exciting. What a (laughs) time to be in your ear holes. So essentially, each episode, we unpack the real-life secrets of our listeners. So this is for everyone who loves, you know, just a little bit of gossip in -hmm. their lives, which, let's be real, Annabelle, all of us. It's absolutely all of us. Don't lie. You all love gossip. So if you want to listen to our show, please do head to your favourite podcast app and listen now. See you there. Bye.